A scrub is a guy that thinks he's fly and is also known as a buster. Frank Miller is 62 today. Oh, happy birthday, Mr. Frank Miller. He looks a million. Does he? Well, <laughs> he, he has like road miles on him, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, city miles, I think is the expression oh, city that miles, you're looking yeah. for. But uh, yeah, I mean, he um, he doesn't look great. And I don't know what's, <laughs> maybe somebody who with their ear more to the ground to what's going on in comics or behind the scenes in comics would know, but... He he often has like bruises on his face. I don't know if he's oh, into MMA really? or something like that. What is going on? That's I don't so know. Weird. He's part of a fight club we don't know about. Yeah, maybe. And his nose is like super crooked. Like it was never like super straight, but it feels like it's, it's gotten more listing. crooked. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so, not good. So yeah, him and his little hat. Yeah. And happy birthday to him. Yeah. I'm gonna take a bite out of one of the noisiest pastries in the world. <laughs> A baklava. All right. That is inside of a plastic container. So it's so if if you're wondering what all the noise is, that's probably what it it's is. A, it's the noise maker. And I might not finish it because I don't think this is very good. Oh no. Baklava. Oh no. It just tastes kind of old. And I know you can make it. And it can sit around for a while, but you want it to be and fresh. The honey, it can sit around for a while, but yeah, like it has not. It sat and wasn't wrapped up. Oh, sure. Right. A plastic wrap. Mm-hmm. A little bit of dust. It's supposed to be like super moist. And uh, bodega. Yeah. The tang of bodega on it. <laughs> Reviewing second-rate pastries. That's the podcast that you've tuned into. <laughs> or perhaps not. Perhaps it's the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host, Caliban. Joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikanana. Fighting to keep my voice in this cold and dry climate. Yeah, I, I hear you. It is super, super cold where it, we are. Yes, it is. And so I'm just trying to, you talk, I talk so much and I think I forget that it takes a toll, you know, it's like having sore muscles or something like that. Yeah, if you're yeah. A weightlifter, which I am. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten to the point where like, I don't usually wear a hat, but it's gotten to the point where I really need to wear one because my ears are freezing and that's just <laughs> not a good thing. No. So, and I, you know, I take the bus to and from work, so I have to wait outside, you know, for sometimes an extended period of time. Spread that around. Yeah, I know. Well, good luck to you. Thanks. You have a sort of apparatus or something, uh, earmuffs or something, right? I I have some ear, like, I don't know what you call them. They're kind of like ear cuffs. They were really popular, like, in the 90s. (laughs) Um, And I've still got them. I've still got them somewhere, but I've misplaced them. I don't know where they are, and I really need them because... I often wear my hair up, and my hat just is not going to cut it because it's not going to really sit on my head where it needs to. I'm just wrestling with this baklava here. Maybe I'll give up on it. <laughs> I, uh, I I think I forget that I have ears, even when it's cold out, Yeah. until there's some threshold that the temperature goes below. Yes. And then it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I've got ears. Yeah. And they are seconds away from being numb. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and I recently switched to like. All right, that's it. I don't have it anymore. You Sorry, don't have it anymore. No. I recently switched to my down coat because uh, my pea coat was not cutting it anymore, and you know, I guess it's it's not so bad if we're just getting this at the end of January, but it still feels like we are getting colder and colder, and it's just like Whoa. no end in sight. Mr. Freeze would love it. Yeah, I know, right? That's how we bring it back to comic books. (laughs) I can't believe that I brought up Frank Miller and we talked about him for that long, which was not very long. No, it is not very long. Do you have anything to say about Frank Miller? (laughs) Um, I I like a lot of his writing, you know. Um, I think he, you know, 
does a lot of interesting things with comics. I liked, you know, interesting what I've... Interesting things, yeah. Well, I liked his run on Daredevil that I read. Um, that was pretty good. Well, that's... Everybody likes that. Um, that's why we're talking about him, period. Yeah, I know. What are some other things of his that I've actually read? I'm trying to think. The Dark Knight um, Returns. Oh, yes. That was really good, too. Yes. So... I mean, maybe it's just like classic Frank Miller that I I really like. He's somebody who, you know, I think he deserves the praise that he gets, but he is definitely, with crazy things that he said and the right. crazy work that he's done, has pushed himself to the fringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like he's going to stay there. Like, I haven't actually read Sin City. I saw the, the first movie. Really? But, yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. It's, oh, you saw the first movie. Great. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's great in sort of spurts, but it's not um, jugular spurts, of course. Um, but it's not like a classic masterpiece. But it came at the exact right time for everybody to be like, oh, this is the coolest right. thing. Kind of like how a lot of the um, anime uh, shows and movies that came out of Japan in like the early mid-90s, mm-hmm. people were like, oh, so great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And it's like, oh, Wicked City. Oh, it's so great. It's like, is it really that great? Or like the Battle Angel Alita OVA, you know, the movie. Yes. Um, the Battle Angel is awful. <laughs> but it's not great. It's all we had. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, yeah, that's oh, Appleseed. Oh, yeah, it's all awesome. right. so No. I mean, like, the worst Netflix show today probably beats out a lot of those old films. Yeah. Yeah. You have a point. Although some of the... But Miller's stuff holds up. I, I took another bite. Now I'm going to yeah. put this away. Okay. I'm not even anymore. <laughs> when Miller's stuff holds up, that stuff does. The Sin City stuff is like, his stuff has always been just fighting through Philo Dole here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> his stuff, oh, no, now they're drinking coffee. Okay. <laughs> I was just doing an ASMR podcast. Yeah. Um, but he's, his stuff has always been, you know, about sleazy criminals and, and things like that. Right. And as long as it's, um, you know, he's doing like a pastiche of uh, dime store pulp novel type stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Cigarette smoke was thick like a haze, you know, where she slid off the strap of her negligee from her golden shoulder right. or whatever. Right. And, it's, you know, he's kind of doing a thing. Now, does that hold up on its own? Not really. But if he's doing a thing, fine. But if he's doing it for serious, it's like, all right, like how effective is it? Right. It's like how, um, was it Sean Phillips or whatever has had all this success with doing just that, like these sort of pulpy kind of stories, you know, and the the, the dame was a devil, you know, that sort of thing. Right, right. But yeah, Frank is like, <laughs> what if Batman killed Osama bin Laden? It's right. Like, what? Yeah, I what know. What are you talking about? I know. <laughs> It's like, well, that's a little, a little off the deep. And end. also, there are, were no Jews in the Twin Towers on 9/11. It's like, whoa, 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 okay, all right, Frank, come on, <laughs> come on, what are you talking about here? Right, right. All right, that is as long as we should have talked about Frank Miller. Okay, we did it. And it's a good thing that we're talking about comics and especially gritty comics today because that's what we're talking about for our segment, uh, yes. which is comic book club yes we've talked about comics and we keep we've we're terrible with branding we gotta bring back the branding comic book club so we'll be back with comic book club today Mm -hmm. and uh looking at a special selection that has to do specifically with something that is not comic book club it's more tv coffee clutch sure (laughs) tele television what's a what's a gathering of people starts with a t 
Uh, oh my! Tribe, yeah, the there television you go. tribe. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so <laughs> that's not what we're doing, though. Uh, we are talking about Deadly Class. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take over? Because I'm clearly having a problem here. Um, sure. We are <coughs> talking up specifically about the the second story arc, um, which I guess would be like the second like collected volume <coughs> of uh, Deadly Class. Second trade. Second trade. Yeah. yeah. Issues seven to eleven. Yes. Which um, will be the second episode of the show, I guess. I know the way the rate that they were going. <laughs> yeah, um, we talked about the uh, pilot uh, yes. a little while back mm-hmm. and really enjoyed it. And uh, I would encourage you to watch Deadly Class on Sci-Fi. Yeah. And so, in connection with that, we thought we would uh, dive in a little more to the um, series, the comic series, yeah, of Deadly Class. Mm-hmm. Um, without spoiling it, what'd you think? Um. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I felt like it left you, on like a cliffhanger. Yeah, you thought so... <laughs> you thought uh, killing one one boy <laughs> with a with a knife or a fire axe or something, right? Uh, while you're on an LSD trip in uh, Vegas, that's the worst it can get. Oh no, it gets so much oh, worse. Oh yes, and it does. <laughs> and we'll be talking about that. Yeah, a little later, and we'll be talking about some news as well. And we'll I'm talking about uh, some news, some news. Uh, <laughs> Jeff I, Goldblum. <laughs> I. <laughs> I try not to. I don't think that this, the hottest show with the hottest wings, on on uh, internet TV, hot ones, is that good. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun to see celebrities that you like. Although if it's a celebrity you don't like, like I don't watch that episode. Right. So if Why they have, would you? Um, I don't know. I can't even. Let's, let's just pick a name. He hasn't been on. I'm sure he will soon. Uh, Seth MacFarlane. Sure. I don't want to hear Brian the dog eat wings. I don't care. <laughs> He's Brian the dog, right? I think so. He He's does like one voice, little, yeah, and then he can do the Boston accent, and that's uh, like that's uh-huh. it. Anyway, I don't care about that, right? Um, but if it's somebody that I'm interested to see eat wings, like I don't really care about Natalie Portman, but yeah, shove some wings in there, <laughs> you know, let's see her <laughs> little face light up. Right. Uh, but it's not that I think it's too long. I think it should just be 20 minutes. It varies in length. The interviewer is either the best interviewer in the world or the worst interviewer in the world. I can't mm-hmm. really tell. Okay. I know that he was chosen for his ability to eat hot food, though. I can tell you that much. <laughs> so and, they anyway, tested that first. The point is, is that I uh, I was so I, I I go again in spurts, which is maybe <laughs> we're working towards some kind of hat trick for that. Yeah, we'll get. Yeah, we'll have some more spurts for sure at, at the end of the show. Um, you're looking at me with a blank look. Wow. On your face. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was on their show. Okay, sure. And I was like, do I watch this? Who cares? Right. I know exactly what it's going to be. And then I watched it. It was exactly what I thought it was. Uh-huh. And it's still entertaining. The guy's entertaining. Okay. Yeah, he is entertaining. Yeah. He, he, was he talking is about like all a commodity different like things. himself. Yeah. yeah. And you'd think that like they had Gordon Ramsay on. Now, just because you are, you know, an international chef who makes and probably consumes a lot of food, it doesn't mean that you've... You, you love hot food or have a high tolerance or whatever, but he's That's known true. to be a real tough guy. Mm-hmm. But he was like, he was kind of making a bit out of it at, near the end, but he was dying to get through <laughs> like the end of the thing. Whereas, <laughs> still tell the story, but watch the Padma Lakshmi episode because she's a really interesting person and she's just got a lot of poise and she's had a real great history in broadcasting as far as his cooking shows go. I don't watch them, right. uh, but it was informative for me. And things that make men cry, she's just eating. Like, she ate, like, the very last wing, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's really hot. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I was in the, co- the Poconos, and 
But so anyway, but Jeff Goldblum, like he was eating the hot wings and he, he was talking about how it was hot, but it didn't stop him from talking, kvetching and sort of <laughs> quibbling about all these things. Sure. He does. You know, he's like, oh, that is hot. You know, yes. You know, my band, when we play jazz, you know, we try to play hot jazz like that. And he was just still going. And it's like, jeez, turn it off. I don't think he can. I don't think he can. There's no either. off button. No, no. And they're uh-huh. like telling him about the, because um, he knows about all the. Weird, you know, I mean, I think he kind of likes all the weird kind of daddy meme stuff about him, but I think they were talking too. about the blow up um, a statue of him, you know, from, from Jurassic Park <laughs> that <laughs> they had out by the uh, uh, Brooklyn Bridge, uh-huh. not Brooklyn Bridge, uh, London Bridge. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yes, that's great. It's great. Yeah, it's great. So, anyway, <laughs> how do we get out of this? Well, <laughs> I have an acquaintance who like went to see him at something and like she was called up on stage and she handed him a note. And wanted him to say that her and her boyfriend had gotten engaged and they hadn't told their family yet. So Jeff Goldblum announces this on the stage and then he's like, can I be invited to your wedding? <laughs> what? There's a video of it and everything. Uh, excuse me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen uh, Cindy and Scott are, uh, they're getting married. Yes. They're, they're tying the knot. They're, they're nuptials. Yes. They're joining. Exactly. Right like that. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do the news. <laughs> let's talk about the Oscars. You sound so excited. I love my job. <laughs> no, we have to. I doesn't less and less. I, I mean, I don't really care at all. But I just less and less they become less relevant. Mm-hmm. Like just they just don't matter. There's never going to be. There will be an upset in that there are things that sh- just should have won. Right. And don't. Yeah. And there are things that look like they are on the fixes in and they're going to win. And then, no, it's Moonlight. Right. Um, And that's the only drama. And they probably manufacture that drama, too. (laughs) You know? Probably. Where's this, uh, like, the firm that got fired because they screwed up with the the Moonlight thing? Like, are we sure that they're not back on and that was all just a... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but whatever. The point is, is that it doesn't matter. I think it's very telling that they pushed to have this, well, let's have, you know, popular movies that people right. like, mm-hmm. so they'll watch the show, because that means that we can have Chadwick Boseman on stage. And I'm like, you can put him on stage no matter what, who cares? Right. Uh, and everybody went, guys, even for something as slimy as Hollywood, like, that's pretty slimy. Mm-hmm. And they backed off of that. And Black Panther is now nominated for Best Picture. Now, does it deserve a nomination? I'm not here to argue that. But I don't think it deserves a nomination if the director isn't even considered and the screenplay isn't considered. How is it the best picture? Right. You just took the idea to have the popular film category and merged it with the other idea that you started about 10 years ago for the same reason, the Mm -hmm. let's make it 10 instead of 5 films. Yeah, I know. And so, yeah, Black Panther is up. So they're they're just trying to pull for for more viewers, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's Tweak. all a popularity contest, anyways, right? Yeah. What? Well, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Everything that you vote for is yeah. a popularity contest. I I know. So even though if you don't like the NHS and the uh, honor roll kids, and you don't want to be a part of uh, student uh, council or or uh, student government, right? And you say it's just a popularity contest these elections. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely they are. Yes, right. of course. Okay. That's literally what an election is. All right. It's literally a contest whose Just winner is determined who has the most by votes. their popularity. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Unless there's an electoral, co- electoral college. 
yeah. All right. Not a political show, though. So uh, let's just talk about the surprises. I'm not going to read every single thing. Okay. Were you surprised? Well, we already talked about Black Panther. I don't think you were surprised about that. Um, well, maybe a little bit that they like snuck that in there. Um, if, but... Okay. Well, okay. Let's do. Let's play a game. Okay. Uh, here are the Best Picture nominees. There are eight of them. Black Panther, Black Klansman, Combo Breaker, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. if you had to make this a, a, a category of five, what would you eliminate from that? And I, I know you haven't um, seen it. Just make a Well, call. let's see. I would probably eliminate Black Panther, uh, eliminate A Star is Born. Um, really? Yeah. That was never not going to be in full consideration, even though Bradley Cooper was not nominated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you, don't know. Screw you, buddy. Um, you and your fake baby. And I guess I probably would eliminate Bohemian Rhapsody, too. Okay. So those three, that's what I'd eliminate. How so though, I think those are good picks. Okay. But when you look at it, it's all the same thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Bohemian uh, yeah. Rhapsody, musical is tragic. Star is Born, musical is tragic. Yeah, that's true. Green Book, uh, touching tale about a uh, minority figure. Uh, Roma, touching tale about a minority figure. Yes. Black Klansman, political thing. Vice, political thing. No, you're absolutely right. The only original thing in here is Black Panther and the favorite, which would be my vote. Yeah. And I hope it wins Best Picture. Yeah. They're all just duplicated. And in the past, you have to go, well, which political film this year was the best one to go into this right. category to fill our uh, Brockman's pick and mix box of uh, of what we want to be represented as the best picture. Right. And they just don't have to make that choice anymore. And so something like like W. Remember W? Yeah, I, I remember Oliver Stone's about political it. movie? Yeah. Vice is just Adam McKay's W. Yeah. W wasn't nominated for best picture, yeah. I don't believe. I don't we just so. went, okay, interesting, interesting, Oliver Stone. Moving on. Yeah. But now they all get to jostle into this category that's overstuffed. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, Green Book, come on, Green Book. The problems alone that you've had and the guy, you know, t- texting about the speaking of Jews not being in the towers, like, you know, Muslims celebrating in <laughs> in Williamsburg or whatever when the towers went down. Wow. None of this. I've, I haven't heard about this. So. The guy who we did this last week. Oh, I literally went. Listeners know. Listeners. Nine out of ten listeners know that I literally did this last week. I'm sorry. Didn't I? I don't know. I don't remember. How about this? Uh, Vigo says the N-word. Does that bring back any, ring any bells? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. The producer slash writer is like texting at Donald Trump in like 2015 saying like, yeah, and Muslims were throwing a party in the streets. Okay, great. Which has never been confirmed. No. At all. By no. any. It, we've all got cell phones. There right. should UFOs and Muslims celebrating on 9-11. There should be plenty of pictures of both of those things and there are none. Right. So what do you think? Yeah. And then uh, somebody didn't get paid or something something else. Just the fact that it's, gosh, I'm glad that the this top-billed white guy helped. Uh, well, yeah. Which, it which leads all... into, we are, see, we always get stuck in a rut. Wheels are spinning. You need to get out and push or right. put some kitty litter down or something. And you right. never do. And we end up doing 25 minutes on Vigo Mortensen saying the N-word. Uh, but <laughs> I'm going to get us out. We hit a rock and vroom, we're right out because Vigo Mortensen uh, nominated for lead actor, uh, Mashirhal Ali, nominated for supporting actor. I know. Isn't it about? Isn't he playing the the blues musician? Yeah, I think it should be about him. So I don't know why they aren't 
both lead actors. That would be like or... if the movie Leon was about Matilda. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know why it's like that. It's weird. Did you know that the girl in the beginning sequence of The Professional, a.k.a. Leon, yeah. where he comes into the penthouse, right, and he's killing all the guys like one by one, and he finally gets down to, I think, like the the big fat guy, the boss, mm-hmm. who he's supposed to get to, not kill necessarily, but like touch. Right. He's got like a, his girlfriend there or whatever. And then Leon like is going to kill him. But then he gets a call and is like, don't kill him. Okay. And then the girl that's there. Yeah. Who's like, you're going to call me? Or maybe that's, I'm thinking that that's from Robocop. <laughs> the girl in the green leather <laughs> outfit, slicker slash yeah. outfit. Yeah. You know, when uh, Clarence Bodker comes in to kill Bob Morton and he's like, Bitches leave. Yes, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, you gonna call me, Bobby?" Right, right. Anyway, the, that girl who's playing like his underage prostitute, you know, girlfriend or call girl or whatever. Yeah. She that was right before she married Luc Besson, and then she played the wiggly Twi'lek opera singer in Fifth Element. Oh wow. Okay. But and I think she was pregnant with their child at that point, but he had already left her. To be with Mia Jojovich. Wow, great. Which is why I was saying about Hellboy, the last tooth fairy or whatever it's called, uh, that Neil Marshall, who as far as I know is not married, should be like, oh man. Here we go. This is what happens. (laughs) Mia Jojovich. But only if you give her a series of films. Uh, Right, right. So there needs to be more of them. She's going to do the, the one-off. She's not with no. the gun guy because she made Ultraviolet. Right. This is, I'm showing, look, if, if nothing else, if this isn't good radio, I'm showing that I have a wealth of trivial knowledge about <laughs> who's Zoom and who oh, man. in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, all right. So come on, let's move it on. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I think that that's unjust, but uh, I don't know. You think Vigo's a good actor? Oh, boy. I don't. I mean, I just keep thinking of him and Lord of the Rings, and like Aragorn is awesome. So Aragorn. Aragorn. Aragorn is a dragon book written by a thirteen-year-old. All right, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Um, so, you know, I I keep thinking about that, and now I'm like thinking, what else have I seen him in? And I can't remember. The road. Oh, that's right, the road, Eastern which is just promises. creepy. I don't know if I've seen Eastern Promises. Ooh, you should. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's not, it's not great, okay. but uh, but he does a good job in it. Yeah. Um, History of Violence, same. Um, I haven't seen that. He's either. just like he's. What if Bruce Willis could act? You don't think Bruce Willis can act? Not really. No. Um, this sounds like I'm ordering a pizza. Like I mean, that's pretty much all. He's got two <laughs> levels. He's like, thanks for the advice, and then he's like, this sounds like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> uh, and Vigo's like. I don't think that he ever shows a lot of range. He's not really called up to, but yeah. he's like that guy who commits. He's like a fun. He's like a more fun Daniel Day Lewis. Okay, you know, sure. Because Daniel Day Lewis, he's on your Puritan movie. He's off carving a woodchuck out of a stick or something like that, and mm-hmm. won't eat craft services with everybody else. Right. Vigo seems like the guy who is carving, but he's having pizza at the craft service table and talking to everybody too. Right. Right. <laughs> what? what? What was this segment? Was it Oscars? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Oscars. <sighs> anyway, so, and all the, everybody here, it it all just seems like going through the motions. You know, Christian Bale gains mm-hmm. 40 pounds. Give him a, I know. Give him a, give him a, a nom. Yeah. Um, I mean, is it 
something I can't. I can't we can't. We're, we're we're done before we even started. We we are locked what? up. We got nothing. <laughs> the axles broke. This is, we are not getting out of this thing. <laughs> no. But I mean, like, what are you even awarding? I guess you're just award. If all the movies sucked and one of them didn't suck as much as the rest, yeah. congratulations, you're the best picture. Right. And that's just how I feel about a lot of these things. Like, hey. No, look at you. <laughs> right, great, you got a lead actor nomination, right? And uh, Christian Bale, <clears throat> you can uh, you watch that movie and you can almost believe that he's Dick Cheney sometimes. Sure. But congratulations, yeah. Like, what's the point? I know. And Willem Dafoe, who this no, he already he won a supporting Oscar for something or other, mm-hmm. but he deserves and has long deserved a best actor Oscar, I think. Yeah. And he gets it for this crappy. Van Gogh movie that everybody says sucks, <laughs> but it was you know it, it's time. Yeah, right. Uh, you did the right kind of movie. You're not uh, playing gas in as extends or whatever. Right, right. Uh, and then like the whole Bohemian Rhapsody thing, it's like the best movie people think is all right. Everybody I talk to is like, oh, so I love the music of Queen. So do I, and I'm going to put on the greatest hits right now. Right. And something else in front of my eyes. I know. So and Rami Malek just held the entire thing together because the whole thing was a singer and it's all this trouble and it's like this poor kid is just trying to do a really good job mm-hmm. probably did but like you know a movie that's not very like a rose blooming in a septic tank it's just a movie that's just kind of worthless and straight washes a lot of his life right and doesn't tell you like all the important stuff right and yet Rami Malek's just running around and kicking up a storm so I know I know I do kind of want to see it at some point but. I'll let, you, for, I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> just turning around on everything <laughs> I said. Well, like I said, I mean, we don't we don't need to go through all these things. The no. big news is that The Favorite has a million nominations. I think 10. I think Roma also has 10. Of course. Um, or maybe more. Um, the big news about, uh, the, well, we've talked about The Favorite to no end. So yeah. just say, rah, rah, I hope you take them all home. Um, although, like I said before, we talked about the favorite. This is the beginning and the end. For Yorgos Lanthimos? For Yorgos, or the, the Yorgos we know. Oh. And the Yorgos you don't. <laughs> and the Lanthimo don't. <laughs> It'd be like if Panos Cosmatos, yes. uh, you know, you gave him an Oscar and uh, $200 million, he would probably make a crappy <laughs> black and white <laughs> trumpet. No, wow. not a single... Synth, wow. Or Cheddar Goblin in sight. <laughs> yeah, right. And Cheddar Goblin would get a job. <laughs> Cheddar Goblin in a three-piece suit, <laughs> reading the newspaper on the train. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> it's not what I want. No. Can, is Roma any good? I, I have no idea. The funny idea. thing is, is that all I have to do is go sit down on the couch and just hit start and I can watch it. And I haven't. Yeah, I know. Because I don't like Alfonso Cuaron. I don't think that he is. He's of this new wave of these, oh, these amazing filmmakers, so soulful and and beautiful compositions. And there's just nothing going on in their films. There's just yeah. nothing. Denis Villeneuve, um, the Birdman guy. Yeah. Who's the, the Birdman guy? Birdman guy. Uh, Inaritu. Oh, okay. All these guys is just like... Yeah, okay, they can make a, a movie look nice, and then there's a bunch of things that you just don't believe. It's just, this isn't how people act. Right. No, I and I know that Roma is saying. like, okay, it's a historical drama, but I just, it's got City of God written all over it. So I was actually kind of thinking of that yeah. when you And were it's in black and it. white. Yeah. It's like, come on. Your whole <laughs> thing is was making things look nice. Now I can't even look at something that looks nice. Right. It's just in black and white. And yes, yeah. I love plenty of black and white movies, but- 
That's only because I don't want Ted Turner to get his hands on them. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. And we make things in color now. And it's just making something in black and white. It's like, hey, guys, guys, uh, guys, guys, uh, this is really serious. This is really serious. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, it's like it should be taken really seriously. And also, it's, isn't it, isn't it quaint? Aren't we doing like something really special here? It's not Schindler's List. No. But I guess it is kind of Schindler's List. Yeah, I guess. It's um, oh. uh, uh, however you say list in Spanish. In Spanish, yeah. <sighs> I'm not even gonna guess. <laughs> uh, so anyway, some other things are um, Richard E. Grant was nominated for a supporting actor for that. Um, it's it's funny, but it's sad movie. Okay. Ellen Melissa McCarthy, because she did a great job, I guess. Or okay. do we want to have her back? I don't know. At the show, I guess. It's just, um, that's what like it is to me. Yeah, although you're I know. not really saying anything. So. Well, I think it's great. I think Yorgos Lanthimos was nominated for Best Director, so I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's just like if three, if this, if a Star Is Born, the favorite, and um, Roma didn't exist. Yeah. What would be nominated? I know, Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're just really dominating all the things. So. Yeah. And Into the Spider Verse is going to win animated just because, and I don't. Here's another question, and then we'll stop because this is. Yeah. No returns on this. Yeah. Um, and I know people don't agree with me necessarily, but just for a second, mm-hmm. go to an alternate universe mm-hmm. where I'm right about how Into the Spider-Verse is kind of an empty film and not a great script, but is yeah. clearly the next level of animated right. you know, stuff. You know, animation we, we and stuff. did yeah. this thing where we switched to computer animated movies from traditional an- animation. Fine, but what are you going to do with it? And something like the Lego movie goes... Well, we still haven't really like crossed, it, not the right term, it's technically Uncanny Valley, not the right term, but we haven't crossed that thing where we really made computer stuff. People want to see the original Snow White, not reboot right. the television show from the mid-90s that was computer animated, or Beast, Transformers Beast Wars. Right. And Lego gets around that by like, well, they're like toys. Like We just make it look like toys, it's something uh-huh. you can identify with. This is the first time that an animated film has gone... We're in a whole new thing now. Like, this is a whole different paradigm for animated films. Right. On those merits alone, should it beat everything else that was nominated? Mm, that's a really good question. It actually isn't. Because here are the other nominees. Mirai, which I don't know. No, I don't It's either. a Japanese film. Okay. Oh, and, and we're not going to talk about how their foreign film categories don't make any sense. But right. Isle of Dogs, which... Yeah. Got a little backlash. Mm-hmm. Incredibles 2, which is great, but it was like, okay, it's just like the same It's movie. the same story as basically as the first. Right. Yeah. The first one I already won. Right. <laughs> and Ralph Breaks the Internet, so thumbs down there. Yeah. So, I mean, it really is the best, but yeah, right. could it win and not have all of its bases covered? I mean, Crash. I mean, <laughs> Crash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's just like just a bunch of loser nobodies in it. Yeah. Sorry, Matt Dillon. And uh, it's really important, though. <laughs> it's real important. Nobody talks about like it Mexicans. anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I know. Um, can we just move on to yeah, the Yeah, we of the can news? just move on. Let's move on <laughs> past the Oscars. So, uh, I'm ready. That was all the news, I guess. <laughs> uh, Stephen Knight and Tom Hardy want to make a Christmas carol. Okay. Stephen Knight is one of the producers of Taboo. All right. And I don't even need to do a thing to um, to do my hearty voice, but so I'll I'm bring it out when it's time. So I'm guessing he's going to play Scrooge? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, he's going to play Scrooge. 
And um, it's not too late. You there, boy? <laughs> Throws a dagger at the kid's head. <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're gonna do uh, three one-hour things, which. Oh, I see. With each ghost. Yeah, maybe just do 90 minutes. You know what I mean? Just right. Do, just do a movie. But yeah. anyway, they're going to do it for uh, BBC One uh, in three parts. And uh, that's pretty much all we know. But I think with those two, you get an idea already of what it's going to look like. Yeah, it's going to be pretty gritty and um, going to be lots of blues and grays. And a lot of, yep. London street scenes, a lot of fingerless yep. gloves. Yes. Little match girls frozen to death. Right. <laughs> that's how that ends. People forget that that's how that ends. Yeah, no, you're right. But not it's when really it's Rudy from, uh, from Cosby Show. I'm a, just a pop culture jackpot today. <laughs> so who, stop pulling my arm. Oh. Uh, really bad news. It looks like the New Mutants film could possibly be delayed again. Oh, no. Why? Is there any reasoning as to why? Well, this is just... Like, you know, talk. This is just talk, but talk okay. is often true. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy named Scott Bechtel, not, no relation, <laughs> uh, says the, that he's got a source. He knows somebody working on the uh, thing, and he says that they are looking at pushing it back. Um, it's supposed to come out, uh, well, actually, it's been two years since we saw the original trailer, which came out in 2017. Weird. I don't even remember the original trailer to be perfectly honest uh oh I, the original original one yeah the second i think the second one was like oh the dishwasher's on fire oh right it's like it's like <laughs> the, the, the horror movie and like right 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 right. yeah yeah okay, so anyway apparently mind, yeah apparently they are um they they were scheduled to be uh in theaters i don't know sometime this year mm-hmm. and now they might throw it to a hulu release in october to oh. go with spooky, spooky, spooky ween. Okay, I mean, I guess I understand you wanting to release it in October because that's spooky, scary. <laughs> but um, moving it from a you know theater why you know theater release in the U.S. Got it. Got that. Yeah, uh, to Hulu. That's a big change. That is what we call a dump. Yeah. You have yeah. dumped uh, this film. So it makes me feel like they're not very confident in it and they think it's going to not they're, do well. So. Did you know that Antonio Banderas is in the movie? No. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> like, what? Huh. This thing is becoming like, uh, what's, a, what's a movie that took a long time to make? <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, Mr. Pop Culture uh, slot machine. <laughs> uh, isn't there a movie that's just like uh, being famous for having to... This is the Duke Nukem Forever. There you go. I can yeah. s- shift into video games of uh, sure. of uh, X-Men movies. Yeah. And um, especially with... It was always going to be dicey because it's coming at this time where... What are you going to do? You're not going to trash Deadpool 2. You're going to release it. But right. you're also now owned by somebody else mm-hmm. so if your deadpool film wraps up with deadpool basically going back and like killing the guy that plays him and kind of <laughs> just destroying the entire movie right. and its whole continuity then you're fresh to start with a new ryan reynolds um making fun of uh tony stark's goatee or something like that right um so yeah nobody really knows it it's clear that they never had a and i had i always suspected that they didn't have a solid idea didn't you didn't you? I guess. Eyes but... wide shut. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Eyes wide shut took like two and a half years to film, just like the principal photography. Sure. And it was in London. It was set in New York, but he doesn't c- 
come to America anymore. Right. Or didn't when he was alive. Yeah. Um, I think for his own personal reasons. I don't think it was like taxes or anything. Yeah. So they had to create all these sets that looked like New York, like in London. Great. And you're Tom Cruise. Yeah. At the height of your stardom and power. Mm-hmm. And now you have to live in London, not in, you know, L.A. for two years. That's like two years off of like the hottest you'll ever be. Weren't they like kind of in the middle of like getting a divorce? They were together, too? but <laughs> the movie probably helped push them apart. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell are we talking about? Um, New well, Mutants. Yeah. It just always seemed to me like, ooh, it's going to be a ghost thriller horror movie. It's like, okay. Yeah. It We're going like to do the Demon Bear know. saga. Insensitive? Yes, it is. But we're going to yeah. fix it somehow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you're you're Simon Kinberg. You just like make phone calls and probably say, let's put Olivia Munn in it. Like, I don't think that you're the guy to really helm this thing. Right. And he has not been. This has been a disaster. It sounds like a disaster. I mean. A continuing disaster. Yeah. And it will... If it comes out on Hulu only, that'll definitely be a disaster. Not great. Uh, somebody who does have the skill, the talent, and the drive to get something done is Channing Tatum. Yeah. Who has said that he's just going to direct this Gambit movie himself. Are you serious? He's like, screw the rest of Hollywood. Yes. I'm taking the reins. This movie has gone through a whole list of uh, Oscar nominees of directors mm-hmm. um, from Gore Verbinski to Doug Lehman, to Rupert Wyatt. These are all people who, these are all white men, these are all yeah. people who <clears throat> have uh, do franchise films. Right. You bring them in, they can do a couple of them, they do it on time, mm-hmm. they give the studio what they want. Right. Every one of them has come to Gambit and been like, do-do-do, six months, maybe six weeks. Uh, no, I'm, God, I gotta go. I wonder why that is. There must be something behind the scenes that, you know, directors don't like. Maybe they're like telling them what they can and cannot do or something like that. Well, um, we know that Simon Kinberg has not been giving it his full attention because he is currently drowning in another film well, that he is true. the director of. Yeah. So if New Mutants ever gets a release, maybe mm-hmm. we'll get get rolling on Gambit. Yeah. It's also because it's so ridiculous. It's a guy who wears a headband. Yeah. And he's got a mullet. And he's like, oh, now it's get hot, I guarantee. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which is it? And he's, he's just so. He's and, a caricature. It's, 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 he's got a teal and purple bodysuit. Yep. <laughs> and a London fog trench coat. Yep. And he says, ah, I'll be a sure bet, mon <laughs> I know. And you're asking, why can't we get this thing out of the gate? I know. They have to, from the ground up, redo it. Yeah. Because if you take those parts away, first of all, you guys love your little period pieces with the X-Men and stuff. Just set it in the 90s. Yeah. Slap bracelet away. Let's do this thing. Right, right. But it's tough, because if you reimagine it, you go, all right, ditch the bodysuit. Forget it. He's just, you know, he's a good-looking guy with maybe a suggestion of a mullet who's a master thief. And it's like, that's every movie ever. Right. Now you've lost everything that distinguishes That makes it, it special or yeah. different. Yeah. And he's fighting with the Thieves Guild down yeah. in New Orleans. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's, I mean, I it's, just do that. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. And then Channing Tatum is the guy? Come on. Yeah, I know. Make it a, oh, and then that's something else. You go, what if we just make it a farce? Well, the problem with the farce is now you got to have jokes. Before you could just go. Right. We must steal the whatever, and it, the movie takes care of itself. If you're going to do a farce that kind of sends up like 90s, 
which would be amazing if they could get like X Force and stuff to show up and mm-hmm. Young Blood or whatever. I know different company, but that would be great. But now you gotta now you gotta have jokes, right? And that's so tough you have too. to have a joke guy. Yep. Yeah, everybody's gotta have a joke guy. Oh <laughs> uh, boy, we've been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, Viacom has acquired Pluto TV streaming service. Okay. Now Viacom is, of course, and I'm not gonna look it up, but they are in charge of many cable networks. Yes. Um, I can't remember which broadcast network they own, but basically they were like one of the last major players that didn't have a streaming infrastructure. Okay, sure. You know? Yeah. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not familiar Moving on with to the next Pluto. story. Uh, <laughs> no, but th- that's the funny thing is, is we move on to the next story. Yeah. That was a blurb that we didn't, you know, we don't have any connection to that story, but that's the most important story because this will be the new TV landscape. They are carving it up under our noses. Right. And when you get mad that you have to subscribe to one thing because now your all your movies left Netflix and they're over here. Yeah. We haven't reached the point yet where the marketplace will rebel against having to maintain 15 separate I know. Uh, subscriptions. But it's going to get way worse before it gets better. And this is the these are the clouds on the horizon mm-hmm. telling you the storm's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another cloud of storms. Ready for this? Yeah, sure. Netflix joined the MPAA. What? Yep. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. The Motion Picture Association of America, uh, yeah, they give out the ratings, but that's only part of it. They're basically a trade organization for Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. And they have traditionally been, you know, staffed or, you know, their charge has been the six major studios. Right. Right. So Netflix is adding to that, and they're basically taking the spot of Fox, which has been absorbed by Disney. So there are still six major studios, more or less. Okay. Yes. So this is kind of like, yeah, well, it's kind of like a mob movie where we knock out Joey Joey Pants and we bring in uh, Freddie Two Fingers or something like that. Right. (laughs) Oh, boy, Freddie Two Fingers. He really needs help lighting his cigarette. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. so anyway, you ask why. I, I don't know. I, legitimacy. Although yeah. it's you, the, the rebel only runs as a rebel until the establishment goes, all right, get in here. And then it's like, oh, well, suit and tie, on the bus, yeah. Cheddar Goblin. Yeah. I, I just, it's so it weird. Also gets, you had all this freedom before, and now I feel like, Cause they were like yeah, you're going to have restrictions. Yeah, we don't need that. Yeah, throw a rating on this. You can't. And right. now they're just on the bus. Now, this doesn't mean that their stuff will be rated necessarily. I'm not sure okay. how that's going to fall out. Yeah. It also gets them, it gets the MPAA money because they lose dues from Fox being absorbed. You know, Disney doesn't have to pay double the dues or whatever, which is like right. weird because they're going to have a huge market share. You should probably pay per your market share. Right. But I don't know how it works. Uh, but what this might get Netflix is um, cultural penetration, which is, I think I've got that DVD. Um Meaning that some countries that don't, some countries are resistant to Netflix for the reason sure. that we should be. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they have had trouble getting into China, which is the biggest market on earth, right. just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And what the MPAA provides, you know, as a trade organization is resources like that, you know, uh, cultural envoys who okay. can help push um, their products in these countries. Okay. So it's just part of them expanding. All right. But you've got to put the tie on. Yeah. <laughs> and drink the coffee. Out of the um the the blue and white like Grecian it's that cup. It's that cup that's always in. I don't know oh, if they really have these cups yeah, I know in what New you're York, but it's the, the the New York coffee cup. Yeah. 
It's got like columns on it or something. Yeah. I always yeah. like the cup with, where it's got, you play poker. It's got the poker on the bottom. <laughs> you ever see that? No, I don't think I have. They, they, <laughs> I don't think they do this anymore, but because everything's plastic and is floating in the ocean. But there'd be like three, there'd be four playing cards on your cup, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like showing a, it's a flush draw or something like that. Sure. And then it's like, well, he comes out of the machine, pours into the thing, and goes, well, you can look on the bottom and see if you win. And if you look up there, oh, it's a diamond. I got the flesh. Right. <laughs> but drink some of your coffee before you do it, right? Right. Because otherwise it's, I got the... Oh, <laughs> my God. I spilled coffee all over myself. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> There's so much news still. Maybe we'll just talk about Deadly Class for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Black Widow to start shooting in February. Good. <laughs> now, they did say they had a script. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we know that they've got a director. Do we know it's ScarJo for sure yet? <laughs> yeah, actually, we don't. All we know is there's a rumor they shoot next month. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope they actually do. Great. Uh, Nicholas Cage yeah. is going to reteam with the producer of his revenge thriller, Mandy, the guy from SpectraVision, to make a version of The Color Out of Space. I'm excited about the this. The famous H.P. Lovecraft story. Yeah. It will be directed by Richard Stanley, he of The Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh. And, oh, wow. Uh, and Lost Souls. Okay. The excellent documentary about the making of that. Oh, I could have picked that instead of... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sticking with the Eyes Wide Shut. That was yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. The Island of Dr. Moreau took a lot of time, too, though. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm excited about this. I really enjoyed Mandy quite a bit. So, um, yeah, let's. Who knew that Nicolas Cage would be fantastic in horror films? But let's let's get him another horror film. That's my favorite Lovecraft story. Is it? Um, yes. <laughs> you know, I haven't read Lovecraft in a while, and I don't yeah. know if um, you know, uh, the uh, us being more woke uh, would infect my uh, enjoyment right. of him thinking that. Black people lay eggs or whatever he thinks. Right. Uh, not a not a lot of good ideas from that guy um, no. that weren't in his stories. Uh, I'm not sure if that sentence works, but it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is racism bad. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, uh, this has nothing to do with racism. It's fine. It's a great story. It's chilling. Uh, I'm going to ruin it for you right now. Go ahead and read it if you want. You Kay. should. You absolutely should. Yeah. Meteor crashes on a farm. It Im- starts to imbue the farm with weird properties and so mm-hmm. the cows are singing you know or like the flowers talk or whatever they okay trees grow weird it's like annihilation sure suddenly the farm becomes annihilation land sure but also the things that live there start to sort of lose vitality like the human things you know so it's like now this soil you know grows alien plants and earth uh, plants okay. i.e humans livestock start to sort of wither and die okay and so the whole this is why i'm i'm uncertain about the film because there's no third act it's like a short story there's oh, just one act I see what you're saying yeah well th- there's a thing and then a thing and so it's an own henry-ish kind of thing and there's okay. no real story which they'll fix <gasps> they'll find something <laughs> for him to do um yeah. and the the pivotal po- point of the story is a very un nicholas cage thing okay because the farmer who lives there is trying to, and I'm again, it's been a while, I'm just I'm paraphrasing, but the farmer who lives there has been trying to figure all this stuff out. His wife has never been right since this has happened. Okay. His kid died trying to get something out of the well or whatever. So oh. he's basically just kind of walking through the house, feeling strange, and just sort of like 
locking everything up before he gets out of town because this is just weird. Okay. And he goes upstairs. He hasn't seen his wife in a while. <clears throat> he goes upstairs and is looking in the rooms and all these, these strange things in all these rooms. <clears throat> and he opens the door and he there's this amazing description of like just this thing that used to be a person, you know, like mm. it's just this knob, knobby gray sort of thing that's moving slowly and it's wearing his wife's dress. So he thinks it's his wife. And he closes the door uh-huh. and just keeps walking. Wow. <laughs> it's just like, even in like the stoicism of like, you know, a, a Lutheran farmer or whatever, just like, usually Lovecraft stories are about, ah! Right. I looked into the face of the shug off and I'm right. insane now. But right. this was just like, nope. Nope, not, <laughs> I'm not nope. dealing with that. Nope. I'm going to see you later. Right. Um, that's it. Right. I have seen the face of horror and I'm heading the other way. Right. And then the very end is like after he leaves, the townspeople see that, you know, one night they see all these flashing colors and this hum, you know, and like it seems like the uh, far, the farm like it sort of ejaculates all this color like out into space and then everything is sort of dead again. Huh. So something was growing or incubating there. Like right. They were just taking raping the earth for for a while okay wow that's dark yeah (laughs) (laughs) get get the synth groove in there yeah yeah that's what it looks like and then richard stanley (laughs) i don't know what's gonna he's a he's a weird guy all right he's a weird guy can't wait um boy we talked all that much about bohemian rhapsody and didn't even talk about the huge atlantic piece that came out uh, recently with four new accusations from four new people against Brian Singer for some of that underage sex stuff. Wow, that's a lot. Yep. That's not good. He fired back that the reporter, uh, this is part of a um, homophobic smear campaign. Okay. uh, Which, true or not, that would be, that's the defense you go with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know, we'll see if anything, I don't think any charges have been filed. Okay. We'll see what happens. All right. Hulu, speaking of Hulu, is dropping their prices. Really? Just after Netflix they're raising their prices. Yeah. Here's the trick, though. They drop their price to like five bucks for their basic plan, which is okay. more wisp commercials than TV sure. show at this point. Right. But they raised their premium plan price by five dollars when nobody what? was watching. This is the this is the one that gives you all their content, uh, gives no you live TV. This is their cable package version, basically. Right. Right. I mean, it's a good deal, but it comes out now to be about as much as cable. You're just paying for right. cable. Right, right. And that's where they're getting us. I, I know. It all adds up. It's crazy how many streaming services there are these days. Yeah. Uh, Man, we are still not done. <laughs> Should we take a, <laughs> take a break and talk about Deadly Class now? We could. This is insane. Do you want it's to? It's so crazy. Let's do it. All right. Boy, I the news out of space. <laughs> Open the door and see a guy sitting behind a desk with some papers, the globe behind him, and then just slowly close, close the, the door. door and walk away. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's talk about Deadly Class. Yes, let's. Uh, by who? By Rick Remender and uh, uh, Wes Craig. Wes Craig. Met, thank literally you. met them both. I know. <laughs> I know. Yes, uh, by that duo. Um, 
oh boy, I'm terrified. But like, quick synopsis of Deadly Class, and literally the the premise because we're just recapping people who might not have oh, heard the, the first part. And if you haven't, we're going to spoil the first part. So, so you're you just want a premise recap, not what happened in the. Okay. It's funny that I always want that, but I'm going to see. I think I can get it from you now. This I've I've found the right combination of buttons to take a screenshot here. Okay. Well. So, Marcus Lopez is um, an orphan. He's been living on the street. Things have not been going well for him. Um, and he finds this school. Um, what is it? It's like something. King's Dominion. King's Dominion. I knew it was Dominion. Uh, King's Dominion, which teaches kids his age um, how to be deadly assassins. It's Harry Potter for murderers. Yeah. And it is run by um master master lynn, lynn. and um no no proper nouns no just get through it it and it <laughs> it kind of looks like it takes place in like well it, there's kind of like some chinese iconography stuff around but i don't know like i think the tv show made it sound like master lynn's family has been doing this for like a really long time yeah <laughs> what would you think uh, master lynn's gonna pull off his uh his beard and he's a white guy he's like <laughs> Yeah. Eyes, yellow face, academy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think there's some kind of tradition going on. Yeah. Um, so Didn't you get it? That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's also, and it, the whole thing serves as a cover for Rick Remender wanting to write about all the stuff he liked <laughs> in his youth. It's like when um, my favorite combination of Declan Shalvey, no, that's a man, uh, uh, the Wicked and the Divine when Gillen yes. Gillen McKelvey yeah <clears throat> when Kieran Gillen wants to um, basically just do a thing about like um, British pop in the eighties right but he's like um but their spells are magic so right. it's phonogram or whatever right like this is Rick Remender going like I want to talk about Thundercats but how do I do it with also with some murder and some intestines right. hanging off like a stick exactly uh, deadly class yeah and so that's what we've got yeah so yeah. it's about so these it takes kids place in the eighties yeah and they're dealing with Crazy murders and plots and poisonings and stuff, but also like you know they're drinking uh, Red Dog and, uh, right. and talking about uh, the X Men and smoking cigarettes and, and, stuff. and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they don't. Get, I mean, and the funny thing is, is that any character in any comic book could do that, but they they don't get it. Like they're like one thing that Remender does pretty well, I think, and it actually makes sense here because. There's always a crazy amount of like purple prose and um, and internal monologue. Yeah. But this was actually a, a smart kid's internal monologue. Right. And he should really be worried about like saying yes to being in a school of assassins that failing means they kill you. Like. Right. But instead, he's like thinking about girls, and he's like, uh-huh. "I'm such a screw up," and he's just got like right. this. He's focused on the wrong stuff, but cut him some slack. He's 17. Right. Exactly. If that. Yeah. So. so anyway, as we pick up uh, the last th- six issues or whatever was mm-hmm. him, when <laughs> it was one episode of the show, was yeah, him no, right. uh, matriculating into the school, yep. um, learning who the bad guys and good guys were, mm-hmm. uh, so All to speak, the clicks. Yeah. and getting in with the clicks, and then him and Willie, his uh, friend that he makes, um, killing a guy, and they're not supposed to, yep. and we learn that Marcus's uh, past is even darker than we thought, and... Yes. It wraps up with um, Marcus and some friends going to Las Vegas mm-hmm. on a sort of acid-fueled, um, yeah. fun time, uh, hoot and holler. And 
my, uh, Maria, one of the girls, uh, yeah. is has a thing for him, and Chico is mad about that. Her Chico's boyfriend. a very abusive boyfriend. Yeah. And Chico basically snaps and tries to kill them all in Vegas. Uh, they basically kill him. Mm-hmm. And then this weirdo yep. with no face, yep. basically his face is like, you know, just scar tissue is like blown off, shows yep. up and cuts off Chico's head and takes it. Yep. I think Maria had already cut it off. But anyway, he takes the head and says, uh, I'm going to keep this. Yeah. Um, of course, it's bad news if Chico's dad finds out that they killed him because Chico's He's dad is like a Mexican cartel cartel guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'd be like he, he this guy is like Chico's dad is what? El Chapo probably thought he was if one of those paintings of El Chapo, those murals stepped down off of the bodega. <laughs> that's right. what be, that's what uh, Chico's dad is. Yeah. And so this is hanging over the the gang as they go yes. back to their studies. Yes. Of murder. Of murder. How yes. did you think that these five issues compared to the first six that you read? Um. Yeah, I think that they they were really good, like the um, initial arc. I think that the initial arc maybe was a little bit more cohesive as an overall story. Um, really? Well, this acid trip in Vegas. I know, but I'm back in this the box, box this box. story <laughs> is basically the thing that ties it together is that they're trying to locate Chico's head, and because they need to. Dispose of it so that his dad doesn't come after them. Um, so they're looking for um, which is dumb. the crazy guy. It's dumb and it's also stupid kid logic because he'll just assume at some point, well, clearly you guys Often. know what happened. Yeah, right. And so I'll just torture you to death. Right. And then same same result. <laughs> I know. Um, so the, the guy who you were seeing, like, didn't have a face. His name is like Chester, F-face. Chester Wilson or F-Face. We'll call him F-Face. Okay. Um, so he has like a gang of people that they're they're like hanging out in this abandoned apartment in the Tenderloin, which is the really shady part of San Francisco. Even when you lived there, yeah. you knew, don't go to the don't Tenderloin. Don't go to the Tenderloin. There's a lot of homeless people there. Whoa. <laughs> the, the, and shady characters. Yeah. So. I'd say there's a lot of like drugs and. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just put it right on the homeless people. <laughs> Sorry. Those homeless people at the wharf. Yeah, I know. Go there. I know. <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, Marcus is such a terrible liar. I think that's one of the things I came away with um, from this arc. Like, he's just not very good at it, so he should just stop. Like, um, Is he a good person? Yeah, that's super questionable, too. And I think he's not even sure if he is or not. Well, we get in this run, uh, we get, like, his secret origin. Yeah. We'd heard about something that had happened at the orphanage orphanage. he was at. Yeah. And we learned that, (laughs) and, like, everything's at 11 in this book, so I guess I I can't get on the comically evil um, sweatshop orphanage that he lives. I know, uh, right? And where they basically force the kids to work constantly and then beat them up when they don't. Yeah. So you don't feel bad when he crafts a bomb made of, like, needles, basically, yes. and, like, blows up. Uh, you do go, oh, but did you need to, like, shoot everyone in the head? Like, basically, his plan to get out of this place is he gets his hands on one of the guns, and it's like, a guard at a orphanage has a has a Glock? Yeah, I know, right? Whatever. 
Actually, it's like the 80s, so it wouldn't have been a Glock, early 80s, whatever. He's got a Beretta. Right. So he gets his gun and just begins murdering all of the adults. Now, they're all bad, but it's like, wow. And then his plan is to kill all the adults, let the kids go. Yeah. But that's not what happens because no. he, uh, his cellmate was F face. Yeah. And he was abusive to him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, he, he uh, pronouns, uh, Marcus poisons uh, F face and, and then blows sandwich. him up yeah. with the other guys. Yep. But he's alive. And so Marcus barely escapes with his life <clears throat> in something that's kind of yada yada. Um, maybe yeah. we'll get back to it later. And what really happens is, is that the entire orphanage burns down with all the kids inside, all the adults and everything. And mm-hmm. then Marcus gets blamed for it. Bad news for Marcus, you'd think good news for F-Face, but no. It's double trouble because F-Face is mad that everybody thinks Marcus did it because he, he wants, wants the rep yeah. of being this <laughs> serial killer. Right. To the point where the redneck family that he lives with, mm-hmm. he sends them out to do serial killings yes. and then sign and his, his name, name for him. Yeah. Which is, I know, it's a they're referencing you know Charles Manson or whatever, but it's like, I'm not sure if that's lazy or enterprising for a serial killer. <laughs> Yeah, go out there and just make sure you put the ribbon on his butt or whatever. That right. They'll know it's me. And, I know, yeah, right? Man, be home by eight. <laughs> I know. And he gets really mad at this one guy because he didn't didn't sign his name. And he was like, he beats the crap out of him. and No. He sticks his head in the he toilet. Puts the crap in him. Yeah, first. right. What do you Ugh. think about the gross out stuff in this book? There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, because it's I don't not know. just. I think maybe it's part of it being turned up to eleven. Now but... that the murder family is like gone, yeah. Um, it there's less of it going forward, but there's still even without that, like Marcus crapping in his pants. I know at the comic book shop. I know <laughs> it's like <laughs> I feel like it's played because it's definitely for adults, but it stars teenagers, mm-hmm. and in like teenagers in a teenage movie. The gags are like for kids too. It's like, oh man, he, he thought he was gonna fart and he pooped his pants. Right. Oh no, dog. Yeah. I feel like the gags and the in the humor are kind of set up in that direction as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then he he even says like, this has got to be karma or something like that because he had cheated on Maria with Saya and he felt bad about that after the fact, even though like during it he supposedly told Saya that he loved her. So, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, a new pair of underwear is like a buck. Yeah, a buck I know. Right, lasts forever. <laughs> um, it's not much karma. I mean, he just kind of does whatever he wants to do. Like, I mean, I thought it was bad when he like he like sneaks into Maria's room, sees that she's crying and drinking alcohol, Closes and then the he just leaves. Keeps, keeps I going. know. <laughs> And then he's like, yes, I'll go to a concert with you, whatever. Which, you know, is fine. I think that's all innocent and everything. And then she kisses him and, like, it's, like, game over. So It's kind of, too, that, you know, I, I don't know. Part of it is, and I've read past this. I've, yeah. I'm pretty much current. Um, he's not going to get this stuff figured out for a while. Mm-hmm. But I do like the fact that he is... He's being led in, in some ways, but he's also making his own choices, and I think that was a big problem for him. Yep. Just having just personal agency, because mm-hmm. he's thrown around by these guys. He's told what to do over here. He's, you know, living homeless in San Francisco, and so it's not cool that he does what he does, 
or that he um, reaches out and then kind of withdraws his support from Maria. But right. it's also a kid. There's yeah, there's I this self consciousness of like, I'm just a kid. Even I should you know I don't know anything. But even I know that this is too much for like me to bear. Like why mm-hmm. do I why do I have to be the guy that helps my girlfriend who murdered her boyfriend get over that? Like right. I just want to be a kid. Right. Right. And I I have a little bit of sympathy for him for that reason. Yeah, and he talks about how like she's so crazy. Like I mean, in the first issue of this run. She shoots an arrow at him. Like, she's like, tries to freaking kill him. And I mean, Saya catches the arrow because she's a badass. But, like, seriously, like, she's, she is crazy. And she said she did it to get, like, his attention and get Saya's attention, that she was on to her trying to steal him from her. But, like, what if Saya hadn't caught that? What if Marcus had gotten hit with an arrow? What do you do then? Say you're sorry? <laughs> they got another body to hide. I don't think there are like <laughs> sympathy cards that have, or say, I'm sorry, I shot you. Well, these kids are emotional. Uh, she's a fiery Latina. I know. Really recommend her. I know. Really recommend her. I know. The, my biggest complaint about Maria is not that she's written, you know, um, racist isn't the word, insensitively necessarily, but that she's inconsistent because she goes on for a long time i guess spoiler again um for the uh, comic book and like marcus she starts to figure her life out and get better at this but if you look back and you can chart the path of like oh her problem was this this or this and she overcomes it no she just kind of suddenly becomes a more capable character okay and so like if you can you look i know that we have one main character but even in this series now we're switching to other people's povs which they changed the the text box colors. That's mm-hmm. not enough to let me know that this is Saya's thoughts now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we switched to Maria's thoughts in the same issue. And it's like, either don't do that. I know that you love your internal monologuing. Um, I forgot it from Frank Miller, probably. Probably. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little confusing. Um, but anyway, I just don't think that she is as well developed. And when I think about it, Saya's got a huge story arc coming. But it's still just sort of, you know, it's Marcus's world. And all these I sexy know. ladies want to screw be and kill him yeah. at yeah. the same time. So yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of wish fulfillment. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I suppose it is. Yeah. While the cure is playing. Right. Um, it does lead to a great scene, though, where <laughs> they're all like on this team. They go on the, the big plan. You know, they're going to infiltrate yes. the, the house where all these guys live. And, of course, it goes tits up immediately. Yep. And... The you know the redneck uh, murder lady murder murder girl is like gonna kill Saya and then yeah. Maria comes in and she's just like okay I'm just gonna watch and she's like what are you doing just help me and then right at that point she's like you had sex with Marcus didn't you yeah I know right <laughs> like, oh a new a new challenger enters this fight I now. know and then you hear like like you said then you hear Saya's thoughts like she's gonna Maria's gonna let me die over some boy which uh, I got that but yeah. thanks for letting me know right uh, remember as Saya yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> and then I liked it. I like it when you see um, they did the, a cool thing that you'd see uh, in a movie. 
I think they do it in like Shaun of the Dead, just to, for a recent example, but sure. where they're planning it, but they're doing it at the same time. Yeah. So they're like, yeah. first we'll do this, but we're just seeing them do it. Like right. it's something that's kind of borrowed from cinema. I've never seen it in comics before, but they use it here. Because mm-hmm. after the explanation, you figure now they're going to do all this stuff. No, they're already, they're already there. done. It. Yeah. yeah. And we just start with them kicking the door open. Right. Which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Um, we're also introduced to uh, or reintroduced into a couple of uh, characters um, in this who will kind of go on. And be the um, slightly larger group that we've uh, all cast of characters or sub characters sure. in it, like people like um, Petra and, and Lex and Shabnan and, and um, Brandy and, and whatnot. Yeah, they all become very important in I think the next um, okay. storyline, sure or arc. Yeah, when there's like chaos breaks out at the school and like it turns into Lord of the Flies and everybody sort of like has to group up in their oh, own wow. cliques and groups. Sure. Do you think? I don't know. I, I have a feeling that <clears throat> punk music, whatever aside, Recommender was probably a, a real big nerd <laughs> in junior high, right? Probably. Just like I was, right? Yeah. He wasn't in any of those groups. No. He's playing D&D. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. So this is this written from the perspective of somebody like that? Because Marcus is clearly like... I don't care about your groups, man. You just—it's just systems of control, right? And then this—even the one punk guy who's trying to take everybody down—he's like, "Well, why don't you listen to your Bauhaus records or whatever?" He—he's like, "Hey, screw you! You know, your punk is stupid too." Right, right. I know. And yet, all this guy wants is to like belong. Right. And then he goes to this like show at the Fillmore. You know, people are slam dancing and stuff like that. Yeah. He's like, "I want to get in on that. It's great." Right. Is it the whole like sour grapes thing? What do you mean? Does he want something? Does he hate something because he can't have it? Oh. I mean, if, if if the he yeah, applies to maybe. Rick Remender or Marcus, I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure <laughs> out right now. Like, what is he trying to say about all these groups? Because Likes. we all look for ways to define us. We all select the things that we like. Mm-hmm. You know, Daredevil is my favorite comic book character. Uh, I, I had Wes Craig draw it for me. Uh, right. I met Wes Craig. Um but I made a choice at some point. Sure, it turned me on. Sure, I enjoyed the stories. But at some point, I went, I'm going to follow more of this. Right. And so kids, you know, listen to some Joy Division, and then they move on to, you know, Bauhaus or whatever. Right. Uh, and then now they're spiking their hair and then dying it black or whatever. Right. Like they're, you know, this is how they identify. This is how they want to express themselves. Right. And so calm down, Lex. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. Um. I think you might Everybody's be right. calling everybody fake all the time. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think Marcus is kind of fed up with the um, the different cliques, um, and like, well, for example, like he and Maria are dating, but he can't let anybody know in her clique because then they'll like get upset and maybe try to kill him because it's against their clique rules. So it's also weird that she was basically raised by Chico's family. I guess I know as we find out in the flashback. When yeah. Um, El, El Alma del Diablo or whatever. <laughs> you got that right. That's El Alma del the Diablo. Soul, the soul of the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Chico's dad. So basically like it's a it's an in-house live-in concubine. I guess so. Well, Chico, Chico. kind of like saves her yeah. by saying, you know, she's clever. She's useful. Yeah. You know. Um, and they bas- they crucify her dad right in front of her, which is just terrible. Yeah, it's neat. So anyway, you didn't have any uh, answer for me about the whole. Um, what what do you really want here? I I because think... we seem to have a theme in this show about Netflix mm-hmm. is Marcus. 
The mm-hmm. MPAA is the click. Right. And he's like, stupid clicks, I don't need you. They're like, you want to join? Sure. <laughs> I think I think he 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 wants to be friends with whoever he wants to be friends with, and he doesn't care what click they're in. That's what I think. So I think he's trying to rebel against clicks because they're trying to tell him who he can and cannot be friends with, and he doesn't like that. Because um, the misfit click that kind of adopts him um you know Saya's not in that click maria's not in that click you know so i think he just wants but there's something of loners themselves yeah because Saya doesn't seem true. to be it's not like she hangs out with a bunch of like yakuza guys like she's always doing her own thing yeah i i think he'd rather make up his you don't own click. <laughs> there's no answer to my question but you don't seem interested in exploring the premise that i've laid down well i and that is what a co-host should do so no, let's move I, on. I, hey <laughs> i i we got a lot of news to get to i i know i i just i don't think he he likes the idea of clicks i think he wants to create his own right R- rick remender i'm talking about marcus yeah but i asked you about rick remender oh <laughs> Um, I think you're right. I think Rick Remender is probably a dork and probably didn't belong to. I just want to know what clicks. he is saying because I think it turns out. I I don't think I think he's a good writer, mm-hmm. but I sometimes I wonder how good he is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he has set up this thing which is not. I mean, if it didn't, it's way too violent and bloody and all this other stuff. But if it was more sanitized, I think you could show it to a teenager. And I think, I mean, who, who are we kidding? Teenagers read this book for of course sure. They do. But I mean, I think it's a good, it would it would resonate with them as somebody who's like, yeah, I feel those things too. And I'm just, I don't understand why I'm not allowed to do this or why somebody is, you know, won't be my friend. And it just deals with a lot of things who, you know, as a man who is cl- close to my age, happened a long time ago. Right. And we, it's easy to forget how you felt back then. Right. And he's done a really good job encapsulating that those feelings that you have back then i think mm-hmm. um but i don't know if it's just a pr- product of his endless because i mean like you flip over to fear agent or something and you've got a character who's like people don't accept me and this is all in your internal monologue <laughs> it's like the exact right. same thing right. but he's finally found a place where it like sort of fits and then you throw in, you know, a couple references to Run DMC or something like that, and you're all set. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to give him a compliment, for God's sake. Uh, okay, all right. He's uh, he's uh, writing clicks uh, pretty deadly. well. Uh, this class is deadly. <laughs> oh, it's so deadly. Oh, it's so deadly. <laughs> Must be beats. <laughs> um, anything else to say about Deadly Class um, issues 7 through 11, which we, I don't think we said at the beginning. No, uh, we did. We, I think we did. Um, I really don't like F-Face, like, at all. So when the dogs get out, when Larkus lets the dogs get out, and when I'm assuming they kill him, I'm like... Keep reading. Yeah, okay. All right, great. So he's not dead. Um, yeah. Uh, it's weird that F-Face has Mrs. Rank... Who was the <laughs> orphanage like, I know. person who ran the orphanage, like yeah. in a cage, naked with a pig nose? I'm not sure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think it, they're just being transgressive. But if anything, I guess if, if it serves a function, it shows that he isn't just a maniac. He's also he's he's Marcus's Joker, basically. Like he's yeah. somebody who he acts crazily, but he also can be methodical and plan. And he, mm-hmm. just in case you didn't get it, he says in the book, 
you know, think about how long I must have kept her in that cage just right. so, so you could watch me kill her in front of you. Do you right. Know what I mean? So we could share this moment together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So messed up. <laughs> you want to know how I got those scars? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, That's pretty much it for me. I, I like that the, uh, I like the, uh, it gets real meta when we uh, get to the, the comic shop scenes. Yes. But it's like, if there wasn't all death and murder, like, I'd read a book set in a comic book shop by sure. Rick Remender. Why not? Where everybody's talking about, like, you know, Wally Wood blowing his brains out <laughs> stuff like that. I know. And the comic shop is called Lost Innocence. Oh, I didn't catch that. Uh, no, Sammy, we're, we're going to keep driving. Let's go to the next one. I wouldn't take my kid to Lost Innocence Comics. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> it sounds it sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, Toys in the Attic. Yeah. Uh, I like how Maria fights and then kind of brutally murders, like, Grand Grand. That was, like, probably one of the most violent parts. Oh, yeah. Right. In the... With a pitchfork. And then speaking of meta stuff, a guy walks into the lampshade on his head and starts beating her up. And yeah. he's like, why is it that you have such hate for us, the redneck people? I know. Are we not noble souls? Like I you're basically know. like putting up that like, you know, redneck is like the last thing in the world that you can actually like make fun of or call somebody or whatever. And it, uh, it's not racist. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then he's making the case that it is. And you're like, okay. And then the whole bit ends with somebody making a hee-haw joke. Yes. <laughs> when they when he murders the guy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, boy. I know. <laughs> okay. Well, yep. <laughs> <laughs> like the big, huge baby Huey guy is like, verily, you, you have persecuted us most viciously. I know. <laughs> So and he dumb. keeps he keeps going even after like Saya like like stabs him with her katana and it's just like halfway through him and he just keeps going. Right. Like somebody pulled his string and he's just not gonna shut up until he's yeah. done. Murderous baby Huey. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm I think I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Uh would you recommend this? Yeah, I would. Um still I, doing it for you. Yeah, I, I think it's entertaining. Um it leaves you on a cliffhanger like the uh, Chico's dad and his cartel are like there. Oh yeah, and, and it's like, very purpose. I know that the part of the plan is like, you know, crashing a fireworks truck and setting a fire. But they are literally right. going, leaving the pan and entering the fire. Yeah, exactly. And it gets he's like, crazy. I was wondering if you'd see my son, and I can see that you have because Marcus has his head in his hands. Right. <laughs> bad news. Really bad news. Well, maybe we'll um, we'll do this as a kind of segment. I know it was comic book club, but maybe it'll be um. A deadly class. Classes in session or something. Okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> give it a stupid name. <laughs> uh, as the uh, show continues and we can look at the comic and um, we can get it on the ground floor. We missed the uh, Walking Dead one. Sure. Nine years ago or whatever. <laughs> stupid show came out. <laughs> we'll get it on the ground floor of this thing. Yeah, that sounds good. But Rick Remender's going to have to write real fast. To keep up with the yeah. show. I know. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't think it is either. All right, back to the news. <laughs> She-Ra and the Princesses of Power returns for a second season in April. Okay. That look on your face that the listener can't see tells, it's, it's tells okay. me that there is a show in our future where we talk about She-Ra. Yeah, it's So maybe save, it's all right. save your review. Okay. You got something I'm going to like? That's uh, from a promiscuous girl by Nelly Furtado, produced <laughs> by Timbaland. Uh, Resident Evil has a TV show. Oh, boy. Yes. Andre the Giant has a posse. Resident Evil has a TV show. Uh, It's going to be produced by Constantin Film, who did all the crappy Resident Evil movies. They're basically taking their talents to Netflix. All right. Okay. 
Resident Evil on Netflix. No word on if Mia Jojovich will be involved. I'm guessing no. <laughs> guessing not. Well, they'll find a, like, I don't know, C-class replacement or something like that. What? I, I don't know. Like, you know, like a... Adrian Palicki? Something like that, no, yeah. I was about to ask you what a C-class Mia Jojovich was, and no, I, you, I, I you, got the you, answer. You followed on the answer. I got the answer. Yeah. Pretty soon it'll be Ruby Rose. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange has a sequel. Okay. And it is being written by Mr. C. Robert Cargill. Okay. Sometimes I forget he's got, not only does he have a name that's not Cargill, but I don't even know his, fr- actually I do know his first name, but I won't say it because he doesn't want people to know. He's just Cargill. Yeah, I know, right? And then people are like, oh, something Robert Cargill. I'm like, Robert Cargill, who's that? Who is that? That sounds all proper. His dad? Yeah. The alternate universe where he has a three-piece suit on and is reading the paper on the train. I'm going to make this happen. Got to yeah. show art. I wonder if Cheddar he's... Cheddar Goblin on his shoulder. Yeah. Could I have the sports section, please? <laughs> I wonder if he's going to show up at Convergence this year or not. He wasn't there last year. Uh, so. If he's writing this, he might take a break from writing this movie. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, let's see. We talked about how um, the, the, the young, hot Tolkien movie yeah or at least we uh we talked about a, a nick holt uh tolkien biopic that was uh in, oh, in right. the works mm-hmm. uh and i think i suggested it's probably going to be like sexy tolkien and if you look at the first images from the uh set it's uh that's sexy what they're doing tolkien? Yep. Oh, it's a hot tolkien i don't know how i tolkien. feel about that <laughs> just like we all knew he was gonna be right such a fox weird weird uh chris nolan has a new movie okay it's coming out in 2020 Right. Summer. What is it called? I don't know. We don't know yet. Okay. Ask me some other questions. Uh, what is it about? Don't know. You don't know. Uh, who's in it? No idea. Do we know anything about it no, besides when it's coming it. out? No. <laughs> okay. This isn't not. This is uh, in character for him. You know. Um, sometimes you know you just know because Variety told you that Anne Hathaway has signed a deal. Right. To work on a movie. With whatever they're, I can't remember his production company working title. I can't remember who they are. Who's working title? Doesn't matter. I don't know. I think that's Edgar Wright. Anyway, uh, so you know, okay, well, I guess Interstellar's got Matthew McConaughey in it, and I'm guessing it's about space because it's called Interstellar. Right. That's usually how we figure out things about right. <laughs> we're Nolan movies. So, yeah, we don't know, but okay. be on the lookout for that. All right. Also, coming out in 2020 is Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters, three. not called three just yet, I don't believe, but okay. it will be coming out in 2020. And also on Sony's slate, you're just killing it, Sony. That's when they're going to drop that Morbius movie, or at least they plan to. Oh, boy. Jared Leto, of course, will be playing Morbius in their Morbius film. Okay. Joining him in the film, Matt Smith. <laughs> oh, now you want to see it. Oh. Now you want to see okay. it. Okay, okay. Can I say something about Matt Smith? I think he picks good TV things to be in, but not good but not movie good movies, not good films. You're referring to The Crown, of course. Yes, I enjoyed him in The Crown. I thought he did a really good job. Um, the Phil- stiffest of upper lips. Yeah, well, Philip is kind of like he's a little bit of a playboy, <laughs> you know. And there's a part of him that, like, he, you know, he fought for several things that he wanted you know like his children having his last name that sort of thing um he was really hard on like she had to put put the heel down and say right. look you're not the king buster right exactly you're, you're the consort um 
he was really hard on Charles and sent him away to the school that he went away to, I, and Charles hated it. I fully deserve this. <laughs> Sorry. I broke the dam. I, I, I have watched both seasons of The Crown, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, You're going to love seeing Maggie Thatcher. I know. <laughs> Jillian Anderson. A hot Maggie Thatcher. I've never been sexually attracted to Ma- Margaret Thatcher. I know. That's going to change a lot for me. I know. I'm going full Tory. <laughs> Don't worry about the it. Tory Saved by the Bell? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> no, but if the Tories want to change their image, because from what I understand, they're not doing well. Like, even, like, there you got Labor. Yeah. That's, like, the liberal, you know, like, people. Mm-hmm. And the Tories, they're the conservatives, right? Sure. So they were, much like in America, conservatives ran wild over uh, London, London, and all of England and the UK right. uh, in the 80s. And the Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher, was at the front of that she was there you know ronald reagan basically sure then you get uh, like dipshits like tony blair he was like supposed to be britain's bill clinton although he accomplished much less (laughs) than bill clinton ever did and now it's like they've got this brexit thing going on so it's it doesn't map exactly onto us also i don't know exactly what i'm talking about but basically just just about everybody is is labor like they are very they're more left of us Mm -hmm. um but that breaks down into more conservative and more liberal um, labor people. Sure. So if, I'm just saying if the Tories wanted to bring it back, get people on their side, and just go full Trump on this thing, instead of red hats, they could have leather jackets <laughs> coming out. I like it. It's all right. Yeah. You're saved by Saved by the Bells, Tory, <laughs> from the college season or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Season five. All right, I like it. Yeah, if that's your suggestion. <laughs> yes, definitely. Right. Well, that's where we would cut to the last part, but we're doing the last part right now. Yeah. So thanks for listening, peoples, and you can always follow us on those social medias. Uh, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, by searching for Just Enough Trope, and get more of this, more analysis, more news, more looking at the tropes, mm-hmm. uh, more jokes about Cheddar Goblin riding the commuter train. <laughs> right. And he's, you know, he's... Three-piece suit. Some guy comes on with a boombox, maybe it doesn't smell so good, and he sort of like subtly adjusts, <laughs> not to offend, but to get away from this guy. He doesn't want to smell like B.O. and patchouli's got a big meaning. Right. This is this is what and he think Cheddar Goblin sees his reflection in the window of the train and says, What have I become? Is this what I wanted? <laughs> I had kale for dinner last night. Oh my god. Not not cheddar macaroni and cheese. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Something about Facebook? So yeah. anyway, check us out there. Also, if you don't already uh, get our show from a podcatching service, uh, but you want to, mm-hmm. go do that. Do that, sir. Yes. Go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get our show from. And usually I have a whole spiel. I'll just um, I'll pull you aside for a second. Oh, he's aside. He's going to pull aside. Uh <laughs> We, we need your reviews. You know, we need your ratings. We need these things. Like, they are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, not only do they help us move up in the ranks, if you are looking for something like nerd-related, nerd category, Google Podcasts, bam, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to come up that way. But we're going to come up quicker if we get reviews from people. And, yes. I mean, I mean, it goes without saying positive reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, don't lie, but we would appreciate your positive feedback because that way we move up and the people go huh what's this uh what's this right. temporary show art 
that I meant to replace five years ago, but now it's just our de facto art, <laughs> which is still visually interesting, so it works out. Yeah. What's this? Right. We're talking about Cheddar Goblin. Great. We get up there because you took the time to go to your platform of choice and do us this kindness. Mm -hmm. So get on there. It doesn't have to be complicated. No. You just type in, hey, really like it. They talk about goofy stuff, some good insights. I mean, I don't know if these things are true. Right. Don't lie. Uh, <laughs> click five stars. Bam. Done. Yes. It's 15 seconds of your time. Mm. And it's you can't even enumerate like how much benefit it gives us right. when that happens. So that's what we're really asking for. You know, mm -hmm. We're asking for your five dejected... <laughs> middle-aged, balding, paunchy cheddar goblins right, who are wondering right. uh, where it went wrong <laughs> and need themselves a uh, pa uh, Patty Stew. Not Patty Stew. <laughs> Peggy Sue. Yeah. <laughs> ah, you, you bought an Edsel, Father. What a mistake that was. <laughs> Patrick Stewart is Catherine Turner in Peggy Sue Got Married. <laughs> No, I was just saying the Cheddar Goblin is like looking back and he, he, he wished that he could do it all yeah. over again. Oh, I see. Yes. What about a, a Christmas Goblin? A Cheddar Carol? A Cheddar Carol. I cheddar like Goblin it. is, yeah, he's like Scrooge, right? Mm -hmm. And Bob Cratchit's like, oh, please, sir, just a little more cheese. And he's like, <laughs> holding on to the cheese. Yeah. These, and then these ratings are falling. Then he adds more cheese at the end. Four stars. So, <laughs> three stars. So uh, give that a shot. We'd really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, here's what's coming up uh, in the future for us. Uh, not necessarily next week, but we got a big you know, month, six weeks of shows and stuff planned here. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of, <laughs> I love the fact that February and January were, you know, were, are where the bad movies live. Yeah, I know. Uh, where the bad, where the wild things aren't. Yeah. Um, and that has changed because a lot of people are throwing their kind of risky things, their not just cards, things yeah. we don't believe in there. And so we are going to be reviewing a lot of those films. Mm -hmm. um, to that end, we'll be reviewing Battle Angel Alita when it comes out on yep. February 14th. Mm -hmm. My True Valentine, although I think she's like a kid or something like that. So just forget about that. Be one of those <laughs> friendly ones. Right. You're the best. Right. A yellow rose. Uh, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about um, some of the comic book, of course, to tie in with that. Uh, we'll also be talking about, we mentioned She-Ra before. We'll be talking about... She-Ra, how did I, how did we put this? The Cal Arts show? Yeah. Sort of yeah. sneeringly, sneer, uh, mm -hmm. sneering back, talking about some of these high-profile reboots and their focus on female viewers mm -hmm. and what they're accomplishing with this. Right. Uh, we're still sort of researching, and so we don't want to speak out of turn just yet. Get all the facts, and then mm -hmm. we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, what else are we looking forward to? Um Rushman is showing at a local art house. Yes. And uh, we're going to... That will be next week. Yeah. Yeah, next week we'll be talking about um, the actual film, Rashomon, yes. starring Toshiro Mifune and directed by uh, Akira Kurosawa. Kurosawa, and also talking about the trope of the Rashomon story yep. in media. Yeah. And just the other day, I saw some great examples that I think we'll probably draw on to okay. talk about that. All right. So there you good. go. Yeah. It's full. The yes. days are packed. Yes, they are. And uh, Our I can't dance wait card is full. To get to them, yes. Yeah. So stay tuned for all that great stuff. Uh, we'll love bringing it to you. So until then, I guess for now, we'll sign off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Mikan Hana. Keep the geek fires burning. Mm -hmm.